This evening's text will be verses 34 and 35 of Luke chapter 2, which reads, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, This child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Lord, we pray for the grace to see the grace that is before us and the judgment that looms upon any and all who would reject your glorious gift of salvation, which is by way of faith alone in your Son alone. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Back up to verse 28. You'll notice that he, Simeon, took him, Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God. Now, th- th- that's an amazing verse. If you look at it, Simeon blesses God the Father while God the Holy Spirit was upon him, holding in his arms God the Son. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. One in essence, one in nature, individual, in personhood. Verse 29, now, Lord, you're releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people, Israel. For God's Messiah comes through the nation of Israel is a light to the nations. They served as a light to the nations through who Christ would come. Here he is. So Simeon is saying, in effect, I've looked into the face of my Savior. I've seen the light of God's salvation, the consolation that we've been waiting for. Now, Lord, take me home. Mission accomplished. Verse 33. And his father, Joseph, adopted father and mother, were amazed at the things which were being said about him. Now, remember, they had already been amazed by what the shepherds reported the night he was born. Finding him in Jerusalem... 
and sharing with Mary all the things that the angels had declared as they watched over their flocks by night. And then Simeon here brings even more clarity for the couple 40 days later. Now, what's amazing, notice, is that God spoke through other people things that Mary pondered in her heart over the years. And God, this shows us, never gave them a script of how all these things would work themselves out. He speaks through other people. Why is that? Why didn't he give them a script? This is Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. Answer, because God is a debtor to no man. We're called to walk by faith. Joseph and Mary were also called to walk by faith. So the, the shepherds give information that, that causes her to ponder all these things in her heart, and then Simeon brings this. My eyes have seen your salvation which you've prepared in the presence of all people, a light, a revelation to the Gentiles, in glory to your people Israel. That was a load in and of itself. And then notice, he turns his attention to the couple, Mary in particular. Verse 34. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Friends, those two verses cut against the grain of what the common understanding of most people is with regard to Christmas. Right there. It runs contrary to the popular perception most people have concerning Christmas. Simeon's words to the mother of Jesus is an affront to how most people perceive Christmas. It's an insult. They don't want to hear that message on Christmas Eve. This is what Christmas is all about. A sign that is opposed. Now, Isaiah the prophet, 750 years before his birth, spoke about a sign. Prophesying, the Lord will give you a sign, Isaiah 7:14, a sign. The virgin shall bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Now, the Christmas message is a sign that is opposed. Um, first, he'll be born of a virgin. Many fall at that sign alone who deny the virgin birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll never forget I had an uncle. His biggest hang-up of unbelief was a virgin birth. Virgins don't have babies, he would say. No, duh. 
C.S. Lewis, you may know the story, uh, was sitting in his office in the English department of Oxford University one day uh, when a friend who was an unbeliever wandered in. There was a group of carolers below in the courtyard, and they were singing a carol that contained the words about Jesus' virgin birth. His unbelieving friend said, isn't it good that we now know better than they did? To which Lewis responded, well, what do you mean? His friend, well, isn't it good that we now know that virgins don't have babies? Lewis looked at him in disbelief and said, don't you think they knew that? That's the whole point. Virgins don't have babies unless... A miracle, something contrary to the known order of nature, occurs. This supernatural event prophesied 700 plus years before Christ was born. Now, Simeon builds upon that original prophecy that comes to us from Isaiah and calls this child a sign. Not just his birth, but the child. Not only that God is with us, that today a Savior is born, granting peace among men with whom he is pleased, chapter 2 and verse 14, but a sign that is to be opposed. This child is a sign to be, to be opposed. Um, he is appointed, he, the Christ, this child, is appointed for the fall of many and the rise of many. Many will fall at this sign, this sign who is the son, the only son of Almighty God, a sign to be opposed, and that the thoughts of many, many hearts will be revealed. Friends, thoughts about him, thoughts inwardly about him are not hidden from him. He reads you like an open book. The sign of the virgin given to us by Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah chapter 7, the same prophet goes on to say in chapter 8 these words. Look at it, Isaiah 8 verse 14. Then he shall become a sanctuary, but to both the houses of Israel a stone to strike and a rock to stumble over, and a snare and a trap for the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over him. Did you catch that? Many will stumble over him. Then they will fall and be broken. They will even be snared and caught. Seven centuries later, the Lord Jesus Christ was preaching the gospel in the temple. The priests and the scribes confronted him. Jesus looked at them, Luke 20, verse 17, and said, What then is this that is written, the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. But on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. 
Now, a cornerstone was cut out of a mountain. A massive stone laid deep into the ground that, that binds the entire structure together. From the ground up, the walls of the structure, whatever structure it was, let's talk about a temple here, would, would be conformed to the walls of that stone all the way up to the capstone, which linked the, the top tier together, the last tier. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, who's the true temple, the temple of the living God, also refers to himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the cornerstone and the capstone. Stumbling block. Jesus was, is, and will continue to be a, a rock of offense. People have and they still continue to stumble over Christ. And every time they reject this one, the sin they carry with them will only be magnified. Everyone either falls upon this rock in broken repentance, or in the end they'll be crushed by this rock. No in between. Look at 1 Peter 2. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the lagos. The word for word, lagos. Who's the lagos? Yeshua, Jesus. Because they're disobedient to the word and to this doom they were also appointed. But you, Christian, you who believe, verse 6, are a, notice, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, a people with whom he is what? Pleased. Pleased to save. Appointed for the fall and rise of many. You know, Jesus said the same thing using different words. Different language. Jesus said this. Matthew 10, verse 34. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. Did you catch that? Do not think I, bring, I, I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword to divide. Verse 35. For I came to set a man against his father. And a daughter against her mother. And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Friends. This is the message of Christmas. Right here. A savior is born for the falling and rising of many. That is, he unites and he divides. This sign brings with it one of two consequences. Friends, there's no third option. There's no neutrality towards this baby who became a man, who died, was raised the third day, and has ascended to the right hand of God the Father. This is a sign that brings great comfort to those who believe. Great comfort, but a sign that should invoke great terror. That's the Christmas message.
throughout redemptive history, there were two brothers, Esau and Jacob. Esau falls, Jacob rises. There were two disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Judas falls, Peter rises. There were two thieves on either side of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was crucified. One falls, the other rises. There's no in-between. There's no neutral ground. He is a sign appointed for the fall and the rise of many. People don't want to hear that at Christmas, but that's what they need to hear at Christmas. The world can handle Jesus in a manger. The world can handle a baby because babies don't talk. The world cannot handle a crucified Messiah hanging on a cross, taking away the sins of many throughout the world, who says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That divides. I've been enjoying, uh, well, I do every year, Christmas music. And there's one song that I've come to love. And I've heard it sung by numerous artists over the past two weeks, and it's Mary Did You Know. You know? You familiar? Mary Did You Know? Mary Did You Know That One Day Your Son Will Walk on Water? Mary, did you know that he will save your sons and daughters? That your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that he will calm a storm with his hand? Mary, did you know that he walked where angels trod? Mary, did you know that he will make the lame leap and the dumb speak? Mary, did you know that when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God? Mary, did you know that he's the Lord of all creation? Love it. Now that certainly captures the theology of glory. But we might add to that the theology of the cross. Because there's no Christmas without it. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is appointed for the fall and rise of many? Mary, did you know that your baby boy is assigned to be opposed? Mary, did you know that a sword will pierce even your own soul? To the end, that the thoughts of many may be revealed, openly displayed. Mary, did you know? See, Christ's suffering will not leave her untouched. Her son would be condemned as a blasphemer. Her son would be publicly shamed, humiliated, nailed to a cross, naked, rejected by his own people. Mary, did you know that your son will become a curse? Cursed is everyone who's hanged upon a tree. And thereby be the cause of many people to stumble. A sword 
piercing through her soul would be the cost of following her son as her savior. Truth that Catholics need to get their minds around and repent of worshiping her. John 19, 25, we read, standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother who pondered those words of Simeon for years. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, the apostle John, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son, pointing to John. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his old household. So her heart is pierced watching her son where his hands and feet were pierced, hanging upon a cross, and his concern as she stood there was her care to, to, to be cared for. And the Lord turns her over to the care of John. It wasn't long after these words here in John 19 where we read that Jesus gave up his spirit and a Roman soldier pierced his side and blood and water came out. And Mary's soul was pierced to watch her son die who was her savior. Mary, did you know? So while he's appointed for the fall of many, he also will cause the rise of many. Many. The rise of many. Resurrection, beginning with his own. He will rise again. And that rising will take his people into glory. The falling is a falling, 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 falling for all of eternity. The rising, a rising beyond comprehension into glory forever and ever. Appointed for the fall and the rising of many. Notice again, Isaiah 8. Those who fall, verse 21. They'll be enraged. Now remember, this is the prophecy of Isaiah. Chapter 7, verse 14, a sign will be, a virgin will give birth. Chapter 8, they will be enraged and curse their king and their God. Notice that, the thoughts of many hearts are revealed. They will curse their king and their God as they face upward. Then they will look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish. They will be driven away into darkness. Sobering. Okay, whether we like it or not, again, whether we like it or not, whether that harmonizes with our inward thoughts or not is what the Christmas message is all about. The rising of many of God's people upon his, whom his grace falls 
are given eternal life. Raised to the heights of glory. Seated, we're told, in the scriptures with Christ already in heavenly places. Promised all manner of blessing. But also... Those of us who've accepted that truth, accepted the Lord as our Savior, as King, if you don't accept him, if you refuse to embrace him, if you refuse to submit to him as who he is, that is Lord, Creator, Redeemer, your falling will be as low as, as is the rising of those who are saved. Could you imagine? Why is that? The rising of many into glory with him forever because he sunk to the lowest depths in order that we might be raised to the highest heights. That's why he came. That's why he was born. To live the perfect life and then to sink to the lowest depths. That is the punishment of almighty God on behalf of sinners like me and all who are in Christ, taking the fall so that by grace we can be raised up. Simeon tells us that this child's coming leads to one of two ends, eternal life or eternal judgment. God's grace, God's justice. So Mary was the package, if you will, that bore the gift of all gifts, the gift of eternal life for all who will truly believe he will raise them up. This is why he came. This is why he was born. He is the sign, we read here, that the thoughts of many hearts may be what? Revealed. Revealed. By their attitude towards one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior of sinners. And guess what? We're all sinners. There's only one Savior. God who became a baby. How you respond to this message, again, how you respond to this message, whether you're here in person or you're listening at home, or you're listening online in a few days, how you respond to the message reveals your heart. Says the Lord. One of rising, one of falling, one of salvation, that is eternal life, one of judgment, that is eternal wrath. He was appointed for this. Question. Is he the foundation upon which you stand, the chief cornerstone, okay? Now, most of you, I'm, I, I recognize, most of you I know are Christians, so you should be rejoicing in this. Don't look so somber. <laughs> Rejoice in this. Some of you, I don't know. Those of you at home, I'm not sure who you are. So the question goes out, are you standing on the foundation the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, the one who divides is the one who unites. Have you been raised to new life, faith and trust in him and him alone, and knowing that by the same grace, 
you will rise into glory? Or is he a stumbling stone of offense to you? You came to hear about light shining around a baby in an animal feeding trough, and you get this. Simeon blessed them, said to his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts, that thoughts, that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And the day will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, including those that shall fall forever, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father who sent him. Merry Christmas. Father, we do thank you for the words of Simeon, the one who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Your promised hope, your only son, the only savior, the one who unites and the one who divides. Lord, may we be united in spirit and truth as we worship him this Christmas season and every day for that matter. And Lord, those whose hearts have been revealed as being opposed to you, uh, may you, by your grace, grant them the peace that we now have with you, removing the enmity, removing the heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh. And Lord, help us to never take for granted what Christmas is really about, that he came and he conquered and he rules forevermore. Give us strength to endure the day and the upcoming year that we might glorify you in all that we do think and say. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.